Welcome to History Files. We're stepping back in time to explore a powerful chapter in South Africa's history, specifically the 20th century. It was a time marked by a fierce battle against something called apartheid, a grim system of racial segregation and discrimination. Yet, within this struggle, we witness the incredible resilience and leadership of some outstanding people and groups who stood up against this unjust regime. Today, we're focusing on South Africa's journey through the 1960s, a decade where it wrestled with political, economic, and demographic challenges while living under the shadow of apartheid. Imagine living in a country where laws are designed to segregate and discriminate based on skin color. That was apartheid. It was introduced by the National Party when they came to power in 1948, and it heavily favored the white minority over the black majority who were stripped of their basic civil and political rights. One of the major flashpoints of this era was the Sharpeville massacre in 1960, when the police opened fire on a peaceful protest, killing 69 people. The shockwaves from this tragic event led to the government declaring a state of emergency, banning opposition groups like the African National Congress, ANC, and arresting key figures like Nelson Mandela. In the economic sphere, apartheid created massive inequality. Wealth and resources were piled up in the hands of the white population, while the majority of black South Africans lived in poverty. The economy was heavily reliant on black labor, who were stuck in low-paying jobs and weren't allowed to form unions or strike. Internationally, countries started to take notice of what was happening, which led to economic sanctions and isolation that hit South Africa's economy hard. On the demographic front, non-white South Africans were forcibly removed from their homes and resettled in designated areas called homelands or townships due to the Group Areas Act of 1950. These areas were overcrowded, under-resourced, and had poor living conditions. The government also used pass laws to control where black people could live or work. They created areas called Bantustans for the black population, which were generally overpopulated and lacked resources. These factors brewed a storm of resistance within South Africa during the 1960s and led to global condemnation of apartheid. So while it was a challenging era, it was also a time that sowed the seeds for the eventual downfall of state-sanctioned segregation. Now it's time for us to take a closer look at two heavyweight organizations that played key roles in this struggle, the African National Congress, or ANC, and the Pan-Africanist Congress, AKA the PC. First up, we've got the ANC. It popped up on the scene way back in 1912, initially playing it cool as a moderate group that hoped to improve black rights through constitutional methods. But as apartheid ramped up its intensity, the ANC shifted gears and became more radical. This change was largely influenced by the formation of the ANC Youth League in the 1940s, with future bigwigs like Nelson Mandela and Oliver Tambo at the helm. They championed more direct action against apartheid, and their influence led to the ANC's adoption 
of the Program of Action in 1949, which marked the beginning of a more confrontational approach. And it certainly made an impact. The ANC organized a ton of protests and campaigns against apartheid laws. One standout moment was the Defiance Campaign in 1952, a bold act of non-violent civil disobedience against apartheid. The Sharpeville Massacre in 1960 led to the ANC being banned, but it didn't stop them. They formed Umkonto We Sizwe, their armed wing, and continued to fight against apartheid, both at home and abroad. And it was worth it. The ANC played a huge role in ending apartheid and ushered South Africa into a new era of democratic rule under Nelson Mandela in 1994. Next, let's chat about the PAC. They broke away from the ANC in 1959 and opted for a more African nationalist approach, focusing on the need for black Africans to lead their own fight for liberation. They leaned heavily on the concept of Africanism, embracing the shared cultural, historical and racial ties among all people of African descent. The PAC aimed to rally the black African population around their more radical ideology. They sought to reframe the struggle against apartheid as an anti-colonial fight by Africa's indigenous people against white domination. And they certainly left their mark. One of the PAC's most notable actions was organizing the protest against the pass laws in Sharpeville in 1960. This is the same protest that led to the Sharpeville massacre and a wave of international condemnation against apartheid. Just like the ANC, the PSC was also banned after Sharpeville and its leader, Robert Sobukwe, was arrested. But they didn't go quietly. They formed their own military wing, POCO, and carried on their fight against apartheid underground. All right, time for a deep dive into one of the most iconic figures in the fight against apartheid, Nelson Mandela, and his pivotal role in creating and leading Umkonto We Sizwe, also known as MK. MK, which translates to Spear of the Nation, was the military wing of the African National Congress, or ANC. As we have already discussed, the 1960 was a game-changer in South Africa. The Sharpeville massacre had just happened, the ANC and PAC were banned, and the struggle against apartheid entered a new, more intense phase. Mandela was one of those who realized that peaceful protests and passive resistance weren't cutting it anymore. They needed a new plan. And so, in 1961, MK was born, with Mandela as one of its co-founders and its first commander-in-chief. Mandela was originally all about non-violent resistance, but the brutalities of the apartheid regime, including the Sharpeville massacre, forced him to change his tune. He began to see that armed action was a necessary tool to dismantle apartheid. So the formation of MK was kind of a turning point in the anti-apartheid movement marking a shift from peaceful protest to armed resistance. As the leader of MK, Mandela had a big job on his hands. He was in charge of organizing guerrilla warfare tactics and sabotage campaigns. Under his leadership, 
MK kicked off a sabotage campaign against government and economic installations, aiming to pile on the pressure while minimizing loss of life. Mandela was adamant that MK should focus on sabotage and guerrilla warfare, not terrorism, and he did his best to avoid civilian casualties. But all this activity eventually caught up with Mandela. His involvement with MK led to his arrest in 1962 and landed him in the middle of the notorious Rivonia trial from 1963 to 1964. In the trial, he made a famous speech where he acknowledged his role in MK and defended the decision to use violence as a form of political resistance. And for that, he was sentenced to life imprisonment. But as we all know, that wasn't the end of Mandela's story, not by a long shot. Thank you for listening to the History Files podcast, and we hope you found this first look into South Africa's struggle against apartheid enlightening.